happened lots have gone on and I have I have been so grateful for your support and presence this past year it's meant so much to me I have wondered what it would be like to stand again in this position looking at you and I'm filled with a spirit of gratitude that's what I am in this place right now um, it's good that we're here together Pastor Jim and Felicia are off enjoying their vacation, cruising on the East Coast, and they wanted us to know exactly, <laughs> exactly how it's going for you. <laughs> oh, isn't there just a poetic justice of in life sometimes? You just want to say thank you, Jesus, you know. I, uh, <laughs> My children are concerned, was I ready to be here uh, and here with you uh, presiding over service? And, I, and we decided that I would have some kind of subtle sign that I would share with them that you probably wouldn't notice that would just be letting them know I'm okay. <laughs> so I invite you as you're able to please stand for our opening hymn. We gather here this morning in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Kyrie is a prayer that we sing. We sing it to one another. So as one sings this prayer, do it so with a sense of reverence in your heart as you are praying. praise Christ be our light.
Join your hearts with me in a word of prayer. O gracious God, you who are rich in mercy, you look with compassion on this troubled world. Feed us now with your grace. Grant us the treasure that comes only from you. We pray and ask this only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the people of God say, Amen. 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 Please be seated for the reading of the first lesson, a text which will heart will carry to the sermon this morning. Good morning. Our first lesson is from the 52nd chapter of Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth, shout together for joy, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. The word of the Lord.
question is, who hears those as words of inspiration? Who heard those words as a proclamation of good news? God is good? All the time. All the time? God is good. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. He has looked with favor on his lowly servant. The Almighty has done great things for me. You have heard the words that will be sung during the Advent season in preparation for Christmas, and let it be known, you heard it here first, Christmas before Walmart. I got it out. So who of us hears this song of Mary as good news? It's poetic, it's beautiful, it's an important part of the gospel story. But other than Mary, who of us hears this as good news? The season is coming quickly. In a couple months, Advent will be upon us. You will hear these words every Sunday. The question remains the same. Who heard these words as good news? So Mary sings, have mercy on those who fear him, or he has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. It is known as the Magnificat, or the prayer of Mary. She is to bear God's gift of Israel's deliverance, which comes to be known as the salvation of the world. The incarnate word of God is coming to redeem all of creation. So Mary sings with joy, for God has chosen a humble vessel, humble, an obscure, in an obscure part of the world that 2,000 years ago that no one cared one bit about at all in a te young teenage woman kingdom of God is to begin on earth, and she sings a sign, several signs. There's signs. The lowly will be lifted up. The hungry will be filled with good things. His mercy will be upon those whose hearts are open, and that's good news to us. But she also sings these words. You heard them. The proud will be scattered in their conceit. The mighty will be cast down from their positions of power, and the rich will be sent away empty. Who hears those words as good news? From the very beginning, for most of us, this has felt like a two-edged sword, a double-edged sword. But let me just say for the poor, the broken, the abused, the cast off, the immigrant, and the marginalized, Mary's song is a song of hope. It's good news. And God will show the strength of his arm that was read. And it's a profound image that's carried out through Scripture. For example, when the people of Israel were delivered from the Egyptians, it was Moses' sister Miriam who sang about the strength of the arm of God. For those of us in position and wealth, and by the way, for the record, that's all of us. That's all of us. These words can often feel messy and a real source of anxieties. We tempt spiritual justification or gymnastics to justify ourselves. So what I would like to say to you, since for most of us, bending down, touching our knees and standing up, our, our toes and standing up again without help would constitute gymnastics. So let's bypass that. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. He has looked with favor on his lowly servant. 
Maybe at the very least, we might say that it is no wonder that Mary is the patron saint of the poor. Experience has taught the poor that it is better to look to God for help than it is to their fellow human being. So with regard to our starting, or our, our, our status, all of us live with anxiety and all of us look for good news. Not just the poor, but all of us. Well, I have some for you today. I have some good news. But first, who does a longer preamble than me? The gospel lesson must be read. Reading from Luke, the 16th chapter, the 19th verse. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm that has been fixed so that no one, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, well, then, Father, I beg you to send, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets? They said, listen to them. He said, no, no, Father Abraham. But if someone actually goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the face of what can appear to us as kind of this unrelenting drumbeat that goes on about how difficult our life may be, there's a difficult news for us because we are those who sit often in the seat of abundance. We yet need to hear God's good news for us. You see, as Luke, and here's the narrative, the story of Luke. Luke records that Jesus has continued to address the Pharisees and the authorities with his parables lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, and he has looked directly into the face. He's looked directly into the face of the, of the Pharisees and said, with almost a plaintive sigh, you are lovers of money. And Jesus challenges them. You can't serve two masters, God and money, all of which is a prelude to this text that I just read. You see, the heart of this gospel is about, it's not about money. It's about virtue. Virtue. It was assumed in Jesus' day that wealth was a sign of virtue. The rich man with his linen and purple robes and his daily sumptuous feast was presumed as a sign of his virtue. Lazarus' poverty, by contrast, was understood as a consequence of his lack of virtue. Outside the houses of the wealthy would be a bench, a bench upon which the poor would sit. And they would sit there with the dream, the fantasy, the hope that the rich would pass by and they would leave an alm for them. They would leave some bread for them. But as the text says to us, that didn't happen here. Lazarus would have gladly eaten the crumbs that fell from his table. Where does virtue lie? There's something really significant here. Notice 
The rich man is not named. The poor man is. And this is not the same Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. We're talking about different characters here. God has not forsaken those of low estate. Low estate is a biblical way of saying the poor. When you hear that, that's what we're talking about. The poor. He has not forsaken the poor, and Lazarus is humanized by a name. In 2008, during the election cycle, John Edwards was running for president. And he turned out to be just a very sad, disappointing, fallen creature. It's a story that kind of touches my heart for obvious reasons. He was, he, he was having an affair with another woman and fathered a child while his wife was being treated and, in fact, dying of cancer. So it made him really a pathetic, fallen creature, a man many were looking to as maybe having a prophetic word. He did one thing, though. He did one thing that, as I go back in my reading to FDR, hasn't happened since him. He named people. He named the poor. He's the only politician that I've ever heard do that. Some will talk about growing the middle class. But he talked about how, how can a nation this wealthy treat its poor like we do? He named them. He gave them a name. Now, herein lies a great mistake. Do we not all tend to fall into the trap of ascribing virtue as inherently woven into the character of the successful? Recent history has shown us that may not be true. Wealth and position are viewed as signs of their virtue. We equate wealth on some level with virtue. Now, I don't speak French. Gabe's going to get ready there in the sound booth. I don't speak French, so I don't know how to pronounce this name. How do you, I can get Yvonne. Who speaks French? Pronounce that. What's his last name? Someone say it, please. Chenard? Okay, I'm going to practice during services. Okay. I don't know how to speak this. Now, thank you, Gabe. Many of you may recognize his name, and you may know his story. He is the founder of Patagonia, the clothing and outfitting empire. He is a man of enormous wealth. But he has done something quite extraordinary, for that's what's sitting on the bench outside his door. It's really quite extraordinary. As someone deeply concerned about climate change, he has made Earth the sole shareholder of his great empire, of his company's great wealth. Instead of taking from the Earth to make shareholders wealthy, he is taking from the wealth of his company to help heal the earth. Now, for someone like me who's hugely concerned about climate change, I hear that as good news. Well, that's good news. By the way, Trinity Lutheran Church has many similar stories of people who have pledged their wealth to help the earth, to help students in their education, to help the poor and the broken. We have many examples of that in this congregation. But let's be really clear about something. There's nothing inherently virtuous about being poor versus being a person of means. The distinction lies in Jesus' words. You can't serve both God and money. And you need to hear a plaintive kind of cry from Jesus in that. Is the person of means looking to God first or are they only looking to their resources for the answers to their needs for good news? Remember, we all need to hear good news. This is all about the kingdom of God and the good news of Jesus Christ. The kingdom is here. It is at hand. It is close. And we have citizenship in that kingdom. And our Lord reminds us always to look first to that kingdom for our answers. Oh my goodness. How do we not all long for good news? Now, as you know, 2002 has been a very challenging year in my household. It was Brenda and myself always in search of good news. Such was the story of Brenda's cancer diagnosis. The doctors were kind, but they were direct. Well, you need to know we cannot heal you. That did not stop us, though, 
from our search for good news. They said there's not a cure, but we're still looking for good news through chemo and radiation treatments, through exhausting procedures and humbling moments of dependency. We never stopped looking for the light of the good news, regardless of how dark was the horizon. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, read Deacon Amy to us. The feet of those who are willing to traverse whatever trials or tribulations to bring good news are blessed. Feet, my friends, feet have two functions. Now, feet can be painted, they can be tattooed, they can be adorned with jewelry, but feet have two functions. They bear weight and they provide propulsion. Every expression of love and support we received during and after Brenda's final months of life reminded us the kingdom of God is very, very close. In the midst of what we feared the most, we yet experienced this profound peace that passes all human understanding. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You see, that's the key. We knew there were two options. Brenda would either get better or Brenda would get better. Those were the two options. She would either be blessed with a miraculous healing that would afford us and lengthen our days that we could share together, or she would experience the fullness of God in the kingdom that is present. This was the good news. My Brenda would either get better, or she would get better. Blessed are the feet on the mountains that bring such good news. My friends, the kingdom of God is close. And Jesus' words of warning to those of position and power is to be wary of anything that would blind them to the kingdom that has come close, that wishes to speak to their hearts, that they would be reminded always that God loves them. You see, remember, the parables of Jesus, all his teaching about being wary of wealth, serve as a clarion call. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, remember the rest, then all things shall come unto you. What do you seek first? The first chapter of Mark, there are six words in a sentence that is Jesus drawing a line in the sand. He declares, the time of waiting has ended. It's done. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are to be reminded to always seek it first. The kingdom is here. And each of us in our own time will see it in its fullest. You see, we will either get better or we will get better. That's what we will do. And blessed on the mountains are the feet of those who bring this good news. This was the heart of Mary's Magnificat that she sang as she realized the kingdom of God had come close to her. This is the good news. Amen? Amen. God is good? All the time. Amen. This is a song called Maybe Someday. And um, it is written... Um, a song of hope, but for now, for this time, um, love can make a start at finding those answers, living those answers, and finding out what it is that we should do, how we should seek God in our lives, maybe someday.
Our love can be an answer. Our love can heal a heart. Shouldn't we raise the question, asking how we lend a hand? Our love comes from a spirit, searching spirit, seeking truth. Bring a fresh heart to the search for justice. We'll take a step along the path. Maybe someday we'll know all the answers. Maybe someday the truth will flow heart to heart. Perhaps there'll be a singleness of purpose. But for now, our love will make a start. Married love, a loving parent, spirit seeking to be one. If we picture a world of justice, then it will surely be. Lend our hands and striving bodies, working in God's cause of peace. Give up our hearts as the child wonder, believing love will set us free. We'll search for the heart of love. We'll search for a peaceful spirit. We can only heal our world if we dare to care enough to try. Maybe someday we'll know all the answers. Maybe someday the truth will flow heart to heart. Perhaps there'll be a singleness of purpose, but for now, our love will make a start. Maybe someday we'll know all the answers. Maybe someday the truth will flow heart to heart. Perhaps there'll be a singleness of purpose, but for now, our love will make a start. Our love will make a start. Deacon Amy will be leading us in the prayers of the church, there is a sung response between the verses. I invite you, as you're able, to please stand for the prayers, and Carl will lead us in the singing of the refrain. This is the prayer we offer now to Loving God, open our hearts to regard all of your people, known or unknown, as children of God. Let us not neglect to show hospitality, caring for all who are poor, imprisoned, or suffering in other ways. Let us be active in our response to need, relentless in our pursuit of justice, and willing to see our own part in creating situations of injustice. Hear now our prayer. This is our prayer we offer now to you, trusting your promise to Guiding God, guide all leaders to act in ways that demonstrate compassion, generosity, and thoughtful justice that frees us from hatred and violence that we might bring an end to conflicts and bring restoration and wholeness to all concerned. Guide world leaders to wisely counter warring madness that threatens the safety and security of so many. 
Let us hear your call as we cry, peace, hear now our prayer. and heal those with serious illness and renew all who assist them. Be with those who are nearing death or grieving the loss of a loved one. Give them the assurance of your love and presence as they move forward. Hear now our prayer. God. We see the perils of our changing climate affecting so many, close to home and around the world. Guide our hearts and minds to consider this beautiful creation, that our actions now might allow it to sustain us in this time and provide beauty, food, and recreation for generations to come. Hear now our prayer. This is a prayer Gracious God, we give thanks for our many blessings. In the midst of trials, we do sing praises as we bring these prayers to you. And all the people of God say, Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Share God's peace with one another. You can cross the aisle here. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you for those wonderful greetings. Remember, after the service, we have a lovely coffee hour set up in the gym across the way, or it's a beautiful day to take your coffee outside into the courtyard. Down the hall in the fireside room, um, adult education is beginning a three-week series, uh, Understanding the New Testament. Should be a great, a great uh, video down there with a facilitated discussion following that. Let's see, today is September 25th. Happy birthday today to Julia Hess and Miriam Knack. I know neither of them are here, so happy birthday at home <laughs> to Julia and Miriam. Um, Hearts Together Women's Support and Bible Study meets Monday mornings. We meet at 10 o'clock in the fireside room down the hall. All women are welcome to join us for that on Mondays. And then our Wednesday Bible study is also at 10 o'clock in the fireside room. And that is for anybody who would like to join in. We are studying the book of John. Uh, this week's session will be on John 1, verses 29 through 42. And let's see, this evening we have a concert here at 3 o'clock today, Trio Rasa. This is one of Sheila's um, great organizations that Sheila is with. 3 o'clock today here in the, in the sanctuary. There's a flyer. Okay, let's see, confirmation. Confirmation, families are meeting at 12 o'clock in the fireside room today for a lunch to kick off the confirmation year. So that's for all of our sixth to eighth grade students and their families. I think that's all I have. Any other announcements this morning? Okay, then we continue with our service. Done, and we'll sing the Lord's Prayer together.
now, my friends in Christ, may the Lord God bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our sending hymn. The Spirit sends us forth to serve. peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks. Thanks. Amen.